Welcome to the Laser Lounge Podcast, which is a podcast for laser engraving business owners and hobbyists, both Gantry and Galva. We are here to answer makers' questions, hear others' makers' stories, provide expertise on certain topics, and in general, discuss how to help your business or hobby grow. Myself, Alicia Pate, and Nate Armstrong will host special guests in the laser lounge industry, or we may even just cover technical topics ourselves. You will be benefited by hopefully learning something new about a technique or process, or even just listening to another maker's own experience of what is working for them. We hope you enjoy our podcast. You can find us online in Facebook at the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch or on YouTube at the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. Come join us and learn something new today. Special thank you to our show sponsors, Thunder Laser USA and Rotoboss Rotary Attachments. Now let's get to today's show. All right, James, let's talk about something today. This is a topic that you and I have experienced recently because we've transitioned our business and we've been talking about it on our webpage, which if you're not familiar with it, it's on Facebook called the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. And it's just a collection for uh, a collection area for laser owners and business hobbyists to go and, and learn, learn things. But we've been talking about business development and sales and what that means. And so we thought it would be great topic to really dive into today so that some of our other uh, laser owner business owners, if it uh, is interest to them, they can pick up a few things and maybe try it out for them. So it's just worth an educational piece. So let's talk about before you get into the definition of it. We have been really working in a sales kind of format approach prior to really switching over to a business development methodology. So let's talk about the sales approach. What do we mean by that, James? Well, I, I think that we mean that we have a project or a product. We have a widget. We have a cutting board. I mean, we've, we've done these things in mass. Like you remember the, uh, the crates that we did. We did thousands of those. So we're just selling simply the product. We don't necessarily know the customer's needs. They see the product on Facebook or in a catalog or at a friend's house and they call us, all they want is a product. They don't want the solution. We don't really know them. We don't know what their needs are. And I, and I realize we're gonna dive into that more, but that's the high level is, is they're just buying the widget from us. Think of it really as a one-time transaction. Yeah, and for me, you know, being primarily the one in the first, what, four, and a, four years of doing the sales and the making, it was me making something and then putting it out there if someone wanted to buy the thing that I made. It really wasn't what what is the market looking for mm -hmm. or what is that person looking for? I mean, I knew who my who was, but I was still making an item based on what I thought and then showing it and seeing, you know, trying to catch some fish from it. I think you knew who your who was, what your image was, what your mantra was what made you tick some people related to it but i think looking from the outside in i don't think you knew what their who was in other words what who were your and again we'll dive into this more but we've been talking about who our key customers are and how they relate to us and how we relate to them and how we can add value to them how we can provide a solution and really it's you know, again, at a high level, we should be thinking about our customers as 
total lifetime sales, not just yes. selling one widget, not just selling. And one that's what we were doing. We were selling to yes. multiple people, thousands of people. You literally. guys have probably have heard me talk about before trying to change my model from, you know, one to 200 clients that were buying 20 to 50, maybe hundred dollar items to the opposite. We wanted really fewer clients that were buying thousand dollar orders. Right. And so that's what we're talking here. And so we had to change up what we were doing in our shop. Not only when I quit my full-time job, cause we had to transition our business, but we had to change the way we were operating because there was no way we were going to hit the sales volume that we wanted to our targets by operating in that mode. So that being said, that kind of tees up, you know, getting really a true definition of what is business development versus sales, James, give us kind of, kind of a, a fundamental definition of that. Well, again, I, I think sales are, we're thinking about one transaction. I'm not thinking about that customer in terms of lifetime sales. I'm not trying to provide a solution to them like I would in business development. I don't know their needs. You know, if we contrast a little bit now, we, we have some key customers and I know when their activities are, if they're going to have a banquet, if they're going to have a, uh, a sales drive, I know what that is, uh, you know, and if we dive into a little more on sales, you know, we're just selling them a widget. We're selling them a product. It's convenient for them, but it's a one-time transaction by and large. I'm not reaching out to them again to understand what, what their sales cycles are. Like if, like one of our customers has a sales event, they have a sales drive, they have a promotional, they provide some of our products, uh, one of the Western wear, they, they take some of our products and they, they couple our products with the sales of some of their higher end products. And I want to know that because I can anticipate what their needs are. You can also have a conversation with them about other products we can offer them because I understand what their needs are. I have a relationship with them. So now you're talking business development. Yes, that's the business development side. I have a relationship with them. I'm selling them a complete solution. There's some loyalty on either side. When they need something, they think of me first, right? They don't, when any time anything's engraved or a wood product or a leather product, they come to me and we're, we're not fulfilling every one of their needs, just to be clear. And we yeah. can dive into some of those examples, but, but they're thinking about me first, by and large, there's a longer sales cycle, meaning you know, again, I know what their annual sales are. I know when their annual banquets are. It's not just selling them one widget. So, so if I look at some of the, what you would see is just the fundamental definition sales, like you were saying, really refers to selling products to a customer in a selected market, which is what we were doing. Transactional. Yep. And yep. business development really is looking at the activities behind what you need to do to, to be in a new market of creating a competitive edge for that, that company or that vendor that you're working with. Connecting our, who our strengths to their needs to develop a solution. Yeah. And that's important, you know, that we, sorry about that, but that's important to distinguish those two things because they're very much two different activities that you need to do whenever you're going at that approach. And so, that's the definition of it. And now what we're going to do is we're going to get into more of a deeper dive of it. And I think that's what most people are wanting to hear on how we change and transition ours. And we're going to talk about how we changed some roles up in our shop and then the activities that we did. And we're also going to, you know, open up the, the hood and tell you kind of how we did it and 
and not specifically the clients we're talking to, but the level and what we're doing with them. And then talk about the pros and cons of, of how we're doing so far. And so I'll tee that up and then James, you can start chiming in. But so in the past, uh, James really, his role with Pate Ranch has been um, heavy supporter in that um, I've been doing the designs and the making and he's like, what can I help you with today? And he would do all of the, the woodworking and help with a lot of the finances and some of the decisions, but really the heavy lifting was on me and how, what I was feeling as, as a maker was I was overwhelmed because it was hard to design, to make, and also interact with people, the sales, the people you need to talk to, to make things, the website that you need to put up, getting out on Etsy, Fair, SharePoint, I mean, the Shopify, it's just a lot to do. And it was starting to, to kind of like the walls were falling in because there's only so much you can do as a one person capacity shop, to be honest with you. And so we really were, we talk about it a lot, but we said, we got to change the way we're working. I mean, it was basically an optimization in our shop. Not only did we need to hit numbers differently, we wanted to do less things, but make more profit. I think we were trying to take on way too many customers. We had way too many SKUs. Absolutely. You're hundred percent right about that. So it was really a strategic decision that we needed to change the way our portfolio looked. And that was saying, we're going to slow down and we're going to change your role up and put you in. And I always like to say it because we are a business, right? And so we put different hats on and we said, James, you're now responsible for um, business development for our company. And that did two things for me. I had to now be more open and free with the decisions that were being made. And not that I was being closed off, but now James is like a 50, 50 true partner because he's out there doing a lot of legwork and he's seeing what's inside, you know, the back office, right? He's seeing some of the decisions that he maybe wasn't seeing before. And it actually gave me another eye to look at it and say, Hey, you're doing things wrong. And so that, that was one benefit about it. The second benefit for me personally was that I had someone helping me and I didn't have to worry about the sales, salesy stuff anymore. I just handed the reins totally over to James and said, go do it and do what you do best. And, you know, you, you think, well, he's got a great personality for that. You know, James seems extroverted whenever he's at work or he needs to, you know, put it on, but he's pulling out more of it because he has a tendency to be introverted. So you might say, well, my partner is more introverted. You can, you can get yourself up and get ready to go and go in and, and do a sales pitch. Even if you're a little bit more That's shyer. True. Yeah. It's, just, it's a mindset thing. Yes. I think I have more of a tendency if I, if I don't know, I maybe I'm multiple personalities because sometimes I can be really extroverted, but it takes a while to get me going. You know, once I get going, it's hard to get me to shut up, but, um, I think, I think the thing that was fun is it just, you know, we did research on these companies. We linked our activities, our products, our image to their image. And then when I wanted to talk to them, I could tell them this is what we have to offer. And then it, it became kind of a natural fit because our products are what they needed. Our mantra or our image matched their image and their values really. So, well, I mean, in, to, to your point, we wrote down five or six, companies small and large and some some were like over the moon we were like there's no way we're going to get in those doors and some were pretty easy we pulled on our connections of people that had companies and we wrote these these names down 
what was it in May, late May? Right. Yeah, we decided to switch from the transactional yeah. to, I mean, we counted up the number of customers we've had over the four, almost five years. And yeah, it's it was, ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. And it some of them were repeat, yeah. but they yeah. weren't doing any more than 5,000 a year, which isn't considered, you know, a business development type company. So anyway, we wrote down five companies and we just said, okay, let's start targeting which ones we thought um, maybe we could get a quick win first. And, and so to summarize, one was a university, one is a Western wear company uh, in Houston that, that we have a connection with as far as, you know, you, you hear us a lot talk about networking. We were using our networks, right? It's somebody that we know uh, through our professional world. Uh, we also went to a high-end hunting and, and golf resort company that's a couple of miles down from our ranch. So we thought it's a no-brainer. They have 50,000 a year memberships per uh, married couple. So we were like, if we get in there, you know, that's a home run. Uh, we also um, had an opportunity to fall into our lap, really, which was a, a network connection connected us with an, another auto type company, right? And they need, but they needed a solution. They were they in need, need a of it. And one of our, one of our close family friends knew that, knew us said, hey, Paint Ranch can probably help you out. And now we've started doing business with them. Correct. And then the last one, we're still knocking on the door. We're not all the way in. They, they know that when we're coming up the driveway, but it's a, a national monument type organization that if we get in there, it's kind of lights out. I mean, that's what we say, but it'll be a great opportunity for us. It'll be a huge win for and us. And then the other one was the work that we're doing for the U.S. government. We were working with one of the military branches that um, is going to be a nice win. So those were the, the ones that we approached. Now, James, why don't you kind of go into detail, not super detail, but enough to give them what do they mean when you say business development? How did you approach it? What did you do? Did you cold call? Did you say, I'm going to set up a meeting? Like, what does that look like? Let's say an, a, a, someone on the other side wants to set up, you know, get one of their spouse or themselves to go actually mimic this. What do they need to do? Well, I, I have cold called and several of them worked out, but numerous of ones didn't. And I think, you know, you brought it up, but you have to have a mindset. And this is where I'm not naturally extroverted enough, but um, I did have one client that I cold called and they were going back and forth with me and tell me they didn't need my product. And I was like, you know, respectfully showing them where we could have it and still hasn't worked out yet, but the other, some of the other ones did, but, um, the, honestly, I think the best way to do it, if you have a contact there, have somebody connect you with that person. If you have a catalog, let them send a link to your catalog. We've done that in several occasions and that's worked out. Um, you know, cold calling is okay, but the probability, the success rate is frankly going to be lower. It's going to be a lot lower. If you can meet with the decision maker, that's best. If you can get your work to the decision maker, you know, I would, and we talk about this a lot and it's okay to disagree or challenge each other, but I'm okay giving away product. And if, because, you know, the margin on some of this product is really good. Of course, we have a shop to maintain. We have equipment to buy and maintain. We're constantly upgrading as you like to do with the lasers. But uh, um, I think if you can get a meeting with the decision maker, take examples of your work. And prior to that, by the way, before you even do that, research them, know what their needs are. Know who, if you could find they, out who know their market. Yeah, know their market. But, but for example, we talked about this with one of our customers. They already use a famous hat brand. 
we're not going to be able to compete with that same as famous hat brand because they're going to the hat manufacturer and buying it. If they're yeah. going to Arctic and buying the cups from Arctic, it's going to be hard to sell them Arctics. Just know that. And when you talk to them and you show them your catalog and they say, oh, that's a little high, know what you can wholesale to them for and know what your lowest price is. Be straightforward with them. But if you can start with one product, some of these we've just started with one product, like they needed a custom cedar sign and they couldn't get it somewhere else. They got it from us. And then that opened the door. Then we develop a relationship with them. Then I can call them. I can ask them how their day's going. I can ask them if they have time for a coffee. Now they, you know, kind of sort of like me. They're okay meeting with me. And I go by and I'm not, you know, it's not in a cheesy, you know, network way. It's just like you really care about them. You care about their business. You can relate to them. Maybe they have kids that are in college like ours are so that I can ask them, how are your kids doing? How's college going? I remember little things like that, but I actually care about them. And because we have five key customers now, I can take the time to develop those relationships in a genuine way. Yeah, I would say there were some precursor things that we had to really do before you kind of got out there, which was if they asked you, well, what do you got? Yeah, we have to have systems in place. So you developed a digital portfolio that definitely helped. I kind of alluded to that earlier. If you can, you know, you have links to fa Facebook, you have to have a Facebook page, you have to have TikTok posts. There's a lot of social media that if you're not good at, you need to become good at. But the everybody wants to see the catalog. They need to be able to view it from our phone. I remember when we first developed the catalog, there was something going on where you couldn't zoom in on it on the phone. So we we had to figure, remember that? We had to figure yeah, that out. A couple of like, you did it wrong. No, I did it right. You don't know what you're doing. Um, but I, I will say this. There were surprisingly so many people would say, I went to your website, not your Facebook, right? but your sales website to see if you're legit. That's so, a credibility thing. That's so right. I know a lot of us makers are like, oh man, I got to do my Facebook, I mean, my website and get it done. It looks like junk. You need to get it to a certain level that if, you were going to go and try to get, I'm going to make up a name. You wanted to go work with Arctic or you wanted to go work with, I don't know, Pepsi or some other company, um, even a smaller company, you know, a brewery house who's got four, you know, locations. They're going to go look at your yep, website they are. and they're going to go look if you look legit. And if your stuff looks like junk, they're going to be like, they're not legit. Right. So by the way, they're going to Google you too. They're going to look you up on Facebook. They may look you up on LinkedIn. They may look up your personal professional profile on LinkedIn. So I mean, why wouldn't they? They're, they're about to, you know, invest money in you and that's how they can screen you out. So that, that was kind of the first thing that we had to have done was get, and, and I would say my website still needs work. Don't we always say they always do, but getting the website and getting the digital portfolio. So you at least have that thing to show them when they say, what do you have? So that was key. And then you really started you know, hitting it and calling these people. I, how many hours do you think a week you call these people? Mm, it, initially, it, it takes some time. I mean, I call and try to set up that initial meeting. I bring them uh, some product examples, you know, which are quote unquote gifts, you know, and they like that. After I do that, then I call them periodically. I, I determine how they want to be contacted. We have one that likes, we have some that like to be Text messages. They don't. We want got a text calls. message while we're talking. Yeah, right? we had a text message and a phone call while we were talking. Some want to talk on the phone. So, I here's the thing: because it's five large, larger or large customers, I can remember that. Now, I should probably. I don't have it written down notes. I just know it. But 
it, I, I don't know that we want to go to 10 or 12 customers. No. I want to give that personal experience. And I'm, I'm, and frankly, I'm in the point in my life now where, it, you know, there's a lot of value and almost kind of a sense of worth. Like I feel good about it that I'm helping them grow their business. Of course, we're growing our business too. So that's kind of like, you know, one-on-one develop win-win relationships. Yeah. And and, and and sorry, but if we contrast that before when we were transactional and we were selling these commodity things, the cups, the, you know, the lower end boards or whatever, I don't think we ever really figured that out. We to, were just engraving. We yeah. weren't using, how do we make something look good for a client? And I'll give you an example because it is getting to what you're trying to say. One of the bullet points for what business development is, is selling a solution to them. One of these clients came up and said, we need to have a grab bag so that if a client buys a $100,000 tractor, we can go pull from the shelf five or six things and fill it up and give it to them. Now they have some ideas, but they really wanted to brainstorm with us what that looked like. And, you know, you got to be ready for that. And that's what they mean by working with them to sell their solution. If you're just a product seller and you like that only, then this may not be for you. Well, because for, it, yeah. now for me, I don't truly enjoy that. And you didn't have the time. You were under stress. I, I was making, of- I was making orders. So I tell James, dude, I, that's you, you go do that. And I'll, I've even told him, I can't be involved in that right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm too busy working on three other orders that got to get out the door. You just go make a decision with him. Even this week, one of the clients was trying to call me and text me. And I said, James, I need you to call her because this is kind of your role. It needs to be one, going through one funnel. Otherwise, things get lost in translation when she's talking to you and me. It needs to be like you're the face of the, of the company now with as far as what I mean by closing the deals, working with the client. Let's stay consistent in that. So that's a change. And if, if you're you know the main maker and that is not comfortable for you, either get comfortable with it or... It may not be the model for you, but I, I totally tell people, James, call James. He'll work that, negotiate that. And I am working the finishing up and designing and making. Now it gets me off the hook on another thing. I'll say this before we kind of get into the pros and cons. I suck at negotiating. I say that I don't feel like I'm very good at negotiating. And I don't feel like I'm very good at holding people like, well, that's a little too much. We can only come to here. Like I might cave too much. You're much better at that. And so from, from a business perspective, it's helping our business because I'm probably weaker in that area. Whereas you, you've always come in. No, don't, that's too low. We need to stick a little higher. And then that gives you more room to negotiate because I will say with these clients in the business development model, they're going to negotiate more because you're working more wholesale. You're not working high in like retail sales. This is more like they're used to going and to a company and saying, I want, you know, 2000 cups. It's not going to be the same. It would be as a retail cup. So you got to start negotiating with them. So negotiation skills, I think are, are used more with this model. Were you going to add something? Yeah. I, I jotted down some notes as you were saying that, cause I'm, I'm one who always says, you know, there's cost quality and service and that's what you compete on. And that's not exactly a complete statement because under service is a relationship and that's part of the business development. So it, it's really more than that. These people need to trust you. They honestly, they need to like you. And for me, I'm a very genuine, transparent person. So 
it really helps if they have kind of the same values that we have, the same image. And because we like, you know, we, we like kind of all things country. We like to hunt and fish. We like to be on our property. We like to be on our tractor. We like to, you know, we're just out, I guess I'd say we're outdoors people. Right. And so that's kind of our lifestyle. So when we work with people that have the same lifestyle, it makes it very easy because then they're asking me questions about what my son's doing or daughter or trips that we took, you know, to Colorado outside outdoors. I recently took a trip to Washington hiking with some friends and hiked mountains and stuff. So they like that, but they can relate to it. It's easy. So you can be yourself. Um, so yeah, that's especially I, yeah. if you're targeting companies that yeah. are like you, like if you are a person who likes, I'm just going to make it up to give you an example. Let's say as an extracurricular activity, you have motorcycles, you like Harleys. Why not go to a yeah. local Harley yeah. dealership? And you know, you can say, look, I, we're riders. We love it, but we're also makers. We know what riders need. We know what yeah, riders absolutely. want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you can, can start it up in what James has referred to in an earlier podcast is your who, who's your audience? Are, are they like you? Right. And I mean that as far as you understand what you can their, relate to them, you can yeah. relate to what their yeah. needs are. So, you know, that's just kind of one of the other um, tidbits there, but I want to kind of get us to the, the pros and the cons. Cause we could probably go on forever about, you know, the, the down and in, but let's talk a little bit about what you think, James, some of the pros have been, and I'll add some pros and then we'll start with the next. So pros, we can focus on key clients. Now we were spread so thin before, I mean, literally having multiple hundreds of customers every year. And, it, and I'll give you an example or maybe contrast a little bit. Yes. Etsy's good for transactional sales. You're not really working with that person one-on-one unless it's a custom order, I guess. Yeah. So the point is now you get a lot of disadvantages when it's supposed to be transactional and you're making them a crate, but they want a special font Yeah. and you're making $10 on the crate. I mean, so now you have to spend an hour with this person to make $10. That's not a good value proposition. You should know what you're making per hour. I mean, that's like basic one-on-one. So, so I would say, you know, the first thing is the ability to focus time and energy on that customer, understand what their true needs are. It feels good to provide them with the solution and now I have a relationship with them. They trust me. They know who I am. I know who they are. Yeah, I like that. And not only to add on to that, we can piggyback on their marketing. So yeah. for example, most of you that are in the laser lounge on Facebook know that one of the companies that I'm working with, a Western work company, they're big into social media and putting out, pumping out videos of their stuff. They've been doing that for us. So they some of the items we've done for them have their logo on them and they're showcasing those and we can take those reels and share them or put them on our social media. That's kind of cool, right? So, so that company is more high vis than we are, frankly, but we're allowed to piggyback on their successes. And they've given us shout outs. I mean, they've, posted, they've reposted our stuff. We posted their stuff. We're going to be, I'm going to be on a podcast with them, not next week, but the following week. And, they want to hear about us. And they're great. I mean, some of the products we sell them, they initially, I didn't bring it up. They brought it up because we have a good relationship. Frankly, I said, Hey, you should really put your logo on the bottom of, of these little signs and the products you make. And I thought, well, that's great. I wanted to ask, but I, you know, I'm selling you this product. So I just wanted to make sure, okay, of course I'm okay. I want you to grow your business They They really want a win-win. And I want to expand on that one. 
Okay, so James was talking about the win-win, and you hear him say that a lot when he's on podcasts. What James was able to do was negotiate with this guy and say, hey, I'm doing a lot for you. Can you get me into XYZ company? Or I'd like to work with Intros. I wanted an introduction, so I wasn't cold calling. Absolutely. And, and, And you've got at least, what, how many... He said, uh, you told him you want to get here, here, and there, and he's working there's, on There's three or four. There's probably four of them, yeah. yeah. And they're not they're not small games. No, they're like no. Texas Rangers. And there's a there's affinity with what we do because they already like our product. So I asked this gentleman, I asked the owner of the store, I said, hey, I don't want to be pushy, but I feel like we have a good relationship. Would you be okay sending our catalog and maybe showing some of the products? And if the person is receptive, maybe you could, you know, I can call them and set up a meeting. I can bring them some of the examples again with their logo on it, with their permission, of course. And, and then we can talk about how I can service them. But if you let them know the level of service. Yeah. yeah, The, the, the solution that we're providing, if you think it's a fit for them and you mention that and they think, Hey, this is something I can use, then it makes it easy for me to go in. I'm not really selling. I'm just introducing our products to them. So that's a good pro that we kind of went into length. Another good pro and sometimes you might think this is a pain, but I'm going to spin it to show you how it's a pro. You might have a customer who says, I have this problem. Can you help me with a solution? And then they're pushing you to go design. and They create. want an idea. They want to create something new. So now you've created this awesome widget. Yeah. And you can now utilize that across your portfolio for other clients. I thought that was so cool. Like we had it with the custom Christmas ornaments. Yeah. And then we can leverage that. We can go now. We said, well, we can make custom Christmas ornaments for our other customers. And they already know us and trust us. So when I, go marketing into, yeah, when I go in and grab a coffee with them, I just say, hey, I brought you a couple of samples. And they're like, hey, that's cool. So, you know, not everything do they buy, right? I mean, they might buy two or three things out of five. And that's fine. I mean, this is like, they're like mini experiments. Well, and also to lead into that. So most of you know, one of the, we're a preferred vendor for Folds of Honor. We are very proud of that. And we use that name. We use that name. So when we go, they to, told us to, yeah, she said, use it however you need. Uh, when we go, when we go to talk to one of these, like a high end resort for golf resort. Oh yes. Here's some of the words we do for folds of honor. Then you've already crossed through a certain criterion. Mm, it's credibility. Yep. That yep. they're like, Oh, okay. They must be a little bit legit to get there. And, so, and it aligns again with our values. We have a son that's in the military I have family members that are in the military. We love the military. We love our freedom and they're ensuring that. So now we get to support them and, and they can see that. And it and then people see, okay, these are where your values are. I'm aligned with you. Yep. And so another pro for me is that it's allowed me to focus on a certain portion of the business and not, when I say not worry about, I don't have to take the lead role in that sales portion. I'm only dealing with the Etsy and what comes to the Shopify and you're taking care of all that up and out to that further future work. You come to me and say, Hey, they're wanting something like this. Is this doable? And I'm going to say, yeah, we could do it on this machine or this machine might. Um, but I'm not having to carry that water no. anymore. And really I was the pinch point or the bottleneck and it's really opened us up more. And I haven't looked at our numbers for the last quarter, but just for the last two months, what I've seen that we've done with three of these companies, the orders, instead of being what used to be 100 or 200 with a client here or there, they're like 3,000. That was one. my number two. Now we have the scales and scopes of economy 
instead of ordering one board, two boards, three boards, they're going to order a hundred boards from us. Yeah. Or they, they have, you know, hundreds of Christmas tree ornaments as opposed to somebody orders one Christmas tree ornament. Or and that's it. Yeah. We, we did, we did a hundred ornaments for this one of the, the Western Ware client today. Mm. And, it, and that would be small. For and some he's people like, to, let's just start out at a hundred and see how it goes. But you did, you did. So you did a design for him and had to go back and forth a little bit. He approved the design. What if you were doing a design for one person or two people or even having to tweak a design and you're selling that ornament for $20? Yeah. I mean, and of course, when we do wholesale, that's a con you're selling for less, but it's really not because now you have the scales and scopes of economy. You set your machine up, you set your manufacturing flow so that you just can crank them out. Right. And we know about, you know, optimizing that because that's what we've done for, you know, over 20 years for companies. But I think that, you know, being able to focus and get these bigger sales, even though the margins are lower, right? Per unit. Well, not really, but we're doing a higher volume. Exactly. I bet no, if we did yes. the math. No, no, that's what I'm getting at. The The total dollar amount is higher. The And and on a side note, you should know what you're making per hour. Yeah. Like you should not, This we talk about this all the time. You shouldn't be working for five or $10 an hour. Sometimes you experiment with something, it doesn't work out and you have to do it two or three times. Yes, I understand that might be the case. But if you get a, an order and it's a regular kind of, you know, uh, order that you would normally do or whatever, it's not the first time to do it. You shouldn't be working for five or $10 an hour. So you, no. need, to, you need to know that that's like business one-on-one. Yeah. What are you, because if you have a shop, even if it's your garage, you have to have a shop rate. Now you have to determine what that rate is. We can't determine that for you. Yeah, and it may be different depending on where you are in your journey. Uh, Brian Copey on uh, the Laser Lounge said he didn't touch anything for less than $100. You mean total sales? Yeah, okay. and I'm like, it's a good thing because you wouldn't be doing a one stupid $10 well, that's fine, ornament. But he should also know, that, is, it, is that an hour job or a two hour job? Or three He's hours? just saying like, yeah. it's it's a smart because I fall into that. Oh, we did, no, but- but I will, I will make a, a contrast with that though. When we first started, we would do a keychain for somebody or someone. Because we were trying to get in. Yeah, we were, we were trying to get in, and we were learning, right? So sure. we were learning. We needed to learn, so that was okay. But then that's why the catalog's important. You that's should have why a this is like standard SKUs, right? Yeah. Standard offerings. And really, you know, if you're in year one of your journey, you may not be here yet, right? You may be still trying to find your lane. We mm. we found our lane. We just saw that the lanes we were in, we were going to crash into a wall if we didn't pivot right. with our strategic objectives. Yes. Back on the pros, I want to bring up number three. Yeah. In my mind, it's it's the affinities, right? And when I say that, we have connections with these key customers that have connected us with other key customers. Now we can offer them the almost the same product with but with their name on it or slight little tweaks. Well, and not only that, you're starting to tie them together. So for example, yeah. one of the places that sells tractors and um, you know, UTVs, James has connected the Westernware guy. So now they're gonna have a Western kind of event and bring the boot guy in. More you got invited to that too. Yeah. And so we're trying to connect these companies together and and businesses value that because yes. we're bringing something to them that they didn't have to think about. So again, you know, it's another solution thing. And I've even like, I had one customer who, who asked for a, like an executive summer, which I thought was a little bit of a push, you know, I mean, I have an MBA and he knew that and he's like, well, could you write me an executive summary? So I emailed him and I just bolted listed 
what I thought his affinities were, other customer, other products he could offer with his current product offering, other markets he could pursue. And it wasn't a big deal for me. It took me 30 minutes. But, you know, that earned me some goodwill with that person. Now, am I going to do that every day? No, I can't. I mean, I have other things I have to do with my time. But, but you know, you just have to decide what those boundaries are. But the affinities, you know, we one customer asks for something that's not in our catalog. And we, hey, that's a great idea. If you ask your customers what they need, they'll tell you. And if you know what your who is and you're connected with other companies, have similar interests, similar values, similar, you know, product needs, then they're probably going to have similar needs. What I'm trying to say is company A, you develop a product for them, then hopefully you can offer it to company B, C, and D well, in your, in your we catalog. we just talked about this over yeah. there at lunch and over at the house. We created a widget that for one certain company mm -hmm. that we have been working on for a while. And we're like, this is, this is kick, kick tail. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we said, you know what? No brainer. We need to take this same thing down that down 20 miles from us where there's another yeah. outlet that does the same type, but it's more for fem females geared and they would love this. So, be the exact same so, so that's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. And now we walk in there and say, we want to introduce y'all to this product we have. We think it, you know, it might be a good fit for your your brand. And these are the companies that we're working yep. with: yep. Western Wear, Blank, Folds of Honor, So and So University. Yep. And they're so, going to be like, okay, these people have, you know. So again, number three, affinity. Number four is an extension of the things we've already talked about. But now you're talking about lifetime sales. You're talking about a longer term relationship. Hopefully, they're going to continue to come to you for products that they need. And you can offer those over the course of many, many, many years. So instead of having to, to try to transact with literally hundreds, maybe thousands of customers throughout the, or a thousand over the course of a year, you've got five, six key companies. And we just, we have these key companies and, you know, this is kind of a, maybe an obvious statement, but I'll make it anyways. You need to know what your numbers are. What do you need to make every month? What is your cash flow? What does your net income need to be? How are you servicing your company? I mean, for example, we invest a lot, a lot of our money back in our company, but you can. You mean with lasers? With lasers, yes. We have a lasers, laser fetish. We just can't get enough of our <laughs> lasers. Uh, so anyways, you know, you, you, can, you can craft your business where it needs to be. Can so, I give an example yeah, of sure, what you're please, talking yeah. about? the one company that the Western world company, we did several products with them and they call us and they said, Hey, guess what? We got asked to drop off some freebies at a huge event in San Antonio. Can you get us 300 bottle openers with 300 koozie? Or what were they? Coasters with the bottle openers yeah, sent right. over there. Well, they knew we were their supplier. That would be a deal where they would normally have to go find someone else to go do that. But because we're now working with them as their kind of engraver and solution provider, they just called us and said, we need more of these sent over there. So that's that kind of. Yeah, we repeat. kind of dropped, we kind of drop shipped them. And we've become like their go-to really for those type of marketing swag items. Yes. So let's go ahead and just from time's sake, jump over to the cons. Um, a couple that I observe from my seat, it's a lot of work for, for you. And I don't mean it a lot of work, but it's a lot of, FaceTime on the phone. How's it going? Trying to keep knocking on the door. Like uh, the one that's the national monument, you've made, I don't know what, 10 calls and they <laughs> yeah. kind of blow you off. And sometimes they talk to you and sometimes they don't. Well, you get busy. Everything's going. But it's yeah. still yeah. a lot yeah. of, right. You know, it's, it's like the old school sales kind of deal. Yes. So there's yes. a lot of, um, 
uptime like that. And then there's a lot of another negative for me that I've seen or that I feel there's been times when these, these companies have said, Hey, can you get me a quote for ABCDEFGHIJ? And you're like, Oh, we don't do that. And now you're spending time mm -hmm. looking if you could do that, what that cost would be. You have to decide. Yeah. yeah so and that's been a learning for us, by the way. I think some things you should make a decision. I'm not going to be able to compete on those hats with this hat manufacturer. So if we were smart, which I think we've gotten smarter, we've said, look, I want what's best for your business. Of course, I need to win too. We all need to win here, but, but I'm not going to be able to compete with you want Arctic cups. You know, if you want that, or you want well, let's give a specific yeah. example, they yeah. said they wanted cups, keychains, hats, and something else. And I told James, I said, look, I'm good at hats, but I'm not great at hats. And I don't want to become an expert hat person. I can, but then how much of the other stuff, how many products do you have, right? You got to be careful in looking at your product portfolio. And so we said, look, we can do hats, but it's not going to be like at a, you know, 20, you know, $15 because we can't compete with the guy that you see in the ad Facebook advertisement. That's like $15 for a, a leather a Richardson hat. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you got to be honest with yourself too, and just put yeah. forth. Uh, something that's fair for you. And, and if then, you don't really want to yeah. do it, then you price it as such. But you do get, that's a con. You get pressured to do other products you normally wouldn't do there. When they have a relationship with you, they might try to kind of squeeze you on the price end versus if it's on Etsy, the price is what it is. I mean, well, here's another example. Uh, one company, they send me a picture of something and say, huh. can you make this? What's your price? And you're like, Oh God. And so you and I will sit here and go, I think that's like, it would cost, you know, 30, but we probably want to charge 90. And so, but you're not sure what else she's looking at to bid you against. And that's just how it goes because they're yeah, a, a yeah. high volume, you know, award yeah, company yeah. and they look, they, they love us, but they're also looking at their sales. So. Yeah. And that goes back to the commodities versus customization, a specialty item that you can't just go on Etsy and 500 people are making or 10 or 20, 30 Correct. people. So that that's another kind of business development thing. You know, what are your product offerings going to be? And it, it, I think it's going to, we talk about this all the time. It's going to be harder and harder to compete on the commodities. If you could find something you specialize in that has, even if it's a niche, you know, that fits your, fits your, your image and your product lines, that would be probably a smart thing to do. Yeah. And I think another con and going to be very vulnerable and being very open of, of what's happened to us is you might have one of these clients say, okay, we want to do this, that, and the other can, is that something you can do? And you're like, yeah, well, you feel like you got to go get the product to have it ready to go. Yeah. So you're out there procuring those items when in their mind, they may be just kind of seeing what you can do and doing that with other vendors as well too. So you got to make sure that they're absolutely 100% signed on to that thing before you go buy it. My fault. I, I did that just in an excitement rush. And that's yeah, been a learning. Systems in place, you know, having them sign a PO at least, you know, those, those kind of things. We've talked about that this week. Because they're not going to, some of them don't do small order. They do, you know, thousand cups. So that, that's just kind of a new thing. And you need to have capital to be able to, to go buy that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, this is kind of on the same thread, but another con is 
you don't want to let them down. And if they, once you get to know them, we've had this happen before. They're like, look, this is really all I have budgeted. And so then you get to go research, you know, what can I do for that price? And you don't want to let them down because they're one of your key customers. So that can be, that can be a bad thing, right? Because now you're pressured to bring your price down. You're pressured to go get a product that you really didn't want to do. So you, those are things that are very, you know, specific. They're dependent on the exact case. And there is some back and forth there when you get to I feel like that could be though, for us, just this early part of it, like by the way, their reactions are, you know, like when we say this is what we can do it for and they quickly move on. I, yeah. I'm wondering if that's just how it is for us as being new to this. Like if, if I looked at us in 10 years yeah. from now, if we're doing it like this, then it's easy for us to go, you know, we can do that for 210 and be okay if they walk away. And well, we, we, right. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, we have to be, that's another thing, you know, just being vulnerable, as you say. We think we should win every deal and that's not realistic. They're not going to take every bid you offer. You're not going to win every customer. You, you know, if you never stop trying, never stop working, you're going to win. If you have a good plan, you're going to win. So, but you're not going to win every single one. That's, no. that's something that we need to be, you know, you still, uh, we keep telling for. us keep to our goals and our objectives of our yeah. job. Does it fit in what we want to do? It's a balancing act. And I if mean, it doesn't, yeah. then we have to say no. And we started to having to say no to some of these, you know, higher, bigger companies and that's okay. You have a tendency to want to say yes in the beginning, and then you got to start saying no, or you get walked on. It's the same like with an individual who comes mm -hmm. and wants to, you to do stuff, and the, you're like, I'm being taken advantage that, of. That's why it's important to know how much you're making per hour. I mean, yeah. you've got to know that. you got to have a shop rate. Um, we have had customers that have tried to do that. Okay, so you want to wrap it up now? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up kind of what we talked about today. I'll hit kind of a high level, and then I'll let you summarize a little bit. Uh, we we really want to talk the difference between just running your business as you just have sales. And that's in, in summary, that's um, where sales refers to the marketing revenue by selling just products to individual customers in, in a selective market. It could be someone in your town. It could be someone on your Shopify. It's just you sell 30 things in your product list and you're just making sales to people you really don't know versus the business development approach where you're really trying to get a relationship with a select number of companies and you're working more intimately with them on a relational basis, selling them a solution of what they need, what their needs are. For example, their upcoming quarter is Christmas. They're going to be trying to put Christmas packages together. What does that look like? And you're trying to provide all the, or at least the majority of the items for that. So you're working more intimately with them and less working with individual consumers like you would have been in the sales approach. That's in general what we talked about today. Uh, we also talked about how we transitioned your role um, from kind of supportive spouse, woodworker, you know, helping with the financial side of the accounting to more of a business development role where you've taken on lead of kind of what we look on the outside of the company to, to those clients. And there's a little bit entailed there. You got to you know, have it aligned with your, you know, strategic objectives with your company. And you got to have definitely different roles and you got to be okay with how you, you know, I'm okay with James making those decisions or I don't need to make that decision anymore. It's a, more of a partnership, I would say from a business partnership and not a marriage partnership. So that was one thing we talked about. We went into specific examples about how we've done it with the five that we're with right now. 
And then we summarize that with kind of some pros and cons. So why don't you close this out, James, and uh, and uh, we'll get wrap up this podcast. That was a great summary. I mean, I can't add a whole lot to it. As you say, the sales are more transactional. That's just selling a widget. It's not thinking about the total revenue or value that you're going to get from that relationship with that customer. It, it's really kind of superficial, if you will. And sometimes that's okay. You're just selling a widget. That's what they need. It's convenient for them. The business development, you have a relationship with the customer. You know them on a pretty intimate level. I mean, it's it should become a relationship where you can call them up and you know buy them lunch or grab a coffee or drop off a couple of samples. And it's not like super formal in my mind. And that's what we've worked towards um, I do think it's smart if you align your values, your image with their values and their image, then it's going to become a natural fit. I mean, the products will be products they can relate to. Um, you're providing them with a great service. You're providing them with a solution again. Um, we also hit on a couple of little side notes that maybe we could expand on later, but talking about having the right systems, we are developing more systems to support. That's a gap that we yeah, still need to yeah, work on. To support our, our, our business development. Um, and then another important note that I made here that we can maybe talk about later is just balancing all this out, you know, having these, these kind of these key performance indicators and knowing, you know, what you're striving for so you can make the right decisions. But, uh, I, I really enjoy the business development side. I enjoy having a relationship with these customers. It, it's fulfilling for me just to help them help their business grow. I feel good about that, but ultimately needs to be a win-win where you're growing your business, they're growing their business and you're, you're making the margins, you're meeting your business needs while helping them grow and, and, and meet their business needs. Thanks James. Appreciate you joining today and your insightfulness is always a huge value add to, to what we're doing here in the laser lounge, not only on the podcast, but uh, also on the, on the Facebook group. So, if you want to join us on the Facebook group, you own a laser or looking to buy a laser, we have a great community there. It's called the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch, where we kind of have a, a higher bar. We we think we're kind of a step up from, from some of the other groups out there and that we dig a little bit deeper into the technical side. We've got some experts in the group that answer great questions. And then we also hit a, a lot of the business side that we think is missing in some of the other communities. So come join us on Facebook at the Laser Lounge at uh, Pate Ranch. And we look forward to our next podcast. We will uh, get another one together. And thanks for joining us today. And y'all have a blessed day.